Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Shake somebody's hand. Let them know you're glad they're here tonight. And uh, thank you for forgiving me for technical difficulties. So, Kyle, I'm not the only one. You're not the only one that experiences technical difficulties. Uh, I sort of hit my Siri button and it heard y'all singing. So anyway, that's a good thing, though. At least it played a Christian song back. (laughs) Well, listen, thanks for coming out tonight. Appreciate y'all coming. Um, We want to jump right into the word. Do want to remind you guys, if you haven't picked up your um, uh, Operation Christmas Child boxes, they're out there. Uh, We want to go ahead and pick those up and uh, fill them up and then have them back by October 22nd as we participate with Franklin Graham um, <coughs> Ministries to give Christmas gifts and also the message of Jesus to kids all over the world. So um, good opportunity for us to jump in and touch people outside of the neighborhoods that we touch right here. So um, make sure you avail yourself to that. Also want to remind you that starting next Wednesday night, our youth group will begin meeting on Wednesday night. So if you know somebody that's a youth, if you are a youth and you see another youth, go say, hey, I'd like, come on out so I'm not the only one here, right? Uh, they used to meet on Sunday evenings. It was a little inconvenient convenient for a parent to have to drive them and drop them off and come back now you know they can just bring them here stay here for the service kids get ministered to and I'm extremely excited about the curriculum we have for them uh, we've purchased some really good curriculum for the next year for them that'll uh, just help them and disciple them and bring them along in their relationship with the Lord so that starts next Wednesday night along with next Wednesday night being a worship night for us I'll be out of town but we're going to just let the rest of you guys just worship the whole service and so it'll be a really good time so if you enjoy that make it out all right Uh, I want to continue the series uh, we started when we started our Wednesday nights back um, on this topic of Jesus our healer Jesus our healer and we're using Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 and 5 as our foundational text and so we'll read that and I will say I got a lot to try to get uh, across tonight before 8 o'clock because I promised I'd get y'all out by 8 maybe a little sooner, but um, let's read this, pray, and then just trust God with me for clarity of thought to be able to get this across in a way that it's uh, meaningful and it builds our faith on the subject of Jesus being our healer. Isaiah 53, verse 4. It says, Surely he, speaking of Jesus, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But... He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And notice this last phrase, and with his stripes, we are healed. Let's pray before we uh, jump in tonight. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your Holy Spirit here tonight. We give him free liberty to do and move and say what he wants to have said. So just use me to speak through me to your people. And thank you, Father, that will build faith in our heart to understand the wonderful redemptive blessing uh, that you've given us that we can walk in divine health and we can resist sickness and overcome it. I give you praise and thanks for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we've said every week as we've taught on this that, you know, these two verses are really a very beautiful picture and microcosm of really the redemptive work that Jesus did for us. It talks about really holistically how Jesus paid for us to to buy us back from sin and to allow us to have a vibrant relationship with him. And uh, what we've pointed out is that many times folks will focus on all of that that's in those verses, but somehow question or wonder about the very last phrase there, and with his stripes, 
we are healed. And those stripes, it's really talking about the beating that he took when he was at the whipping post before he went to the cross. He took 39 stripes. And it says that that specific occurrence in the whole passion or, or sacrifice that he laid out for us, that specific occurrence was a, was a payment for our physical healing. As we, and, and as we get into this series, we'll see that, that that phrase there is used several times in the scripture, and it's always used specifically in light of physical healing, not spiritual healing. And so what we see is, is that part of our redemption, part of what Jesus paid for us as believers is for us to be free and live free from sickness. But, you know, we said the, re, the, the reality is, is that we're flawed, right? How many of you are flawed tonight? Right? I mean, now internally we're redeemed. We're called the righteousness of God. So what God sees us as perfect because of the blood of Jesus. But we're human beings, and on this side of heaven, we're we're constantly striving and growing in our relationship with the Lord. And because of that, unfortunately, we may not live up to any of these redemptive uh, things that Jesus did for us at times. Right? We may not have peace sometimes, but Jesus paid for us to have peace. Does that mean it's not his will for us to have peace because you don't have it? Absolutely not. Same thing is true when it comes to physical healing. There are lots of good people and good believers that, that, that struggle with sickness, and it's not that they're bad people or anything at all. It just means that you're human, and you're dealing with the humanity side of being a believer on this side of heaven, and because of that, um, you, you're, we're fall, we fall short at times of this healing. And so, and so we pointed out that you know uh, the reason for that is, this could be a number of reasons, right? It could be a lot of different things, and we'll talk about some of those things later near the end of the series, some of the little foxes that rob us of healing. Um, but, but the bottom line for all of that is it, it all falls sort of under this umbrella. For, some, for many times when we fall short of the, the, the blessing of healing that God has provided us, it's because of just a, a, an inability to connect by faith with that promise. Because faith is how we receive every promise of God. Uh, faith is how we receive salvation. The Bible says that, you know, in, in Romans chapter 10, it's through faith. You know, when we pray and confess that Jesus is Lord, that, that act of faith causes us to be saved. That same process of faith applies to every promise. And we see that here in James chapter 5 and verse 15. It says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. So James 5.15 tells us the thing that makes a person well, the thing that connects a person with God working in your life to bring about healing from whatever it is you need healing from. And it doesn't matter how big or small the problem is. It can be a sniffle, it can be a cold, it can be a headache, all the way to cancer uh, all, and, and, and things of that nature. But the way that we connect ourselves with that healing is through faith in God's promises or faith in what God has said. And so it says the prayer of faith is what, what, what gives us that healing. But unfortunately, what a lot of times when people pray for healing, they're not praying the prayer of faith. They're praying the prayer of begging and pleading, right? You know, they, 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 there's no confidence in them that when I pray this prayer, God is 100%, I believe 100% that he is going to heal me. Most of the time when people pray and struggle with healing, it's because in the back of their mind, maybe they've been taught that, maybe they just struggle with it, but somewhere in their mind and in their heart, there's this doubt of, you know, God, I'm asking you to heal me. I sure hope you will, right? It's almost like, you know, going out and buying a lottery ticket. You know, when you buy that lottery ticket, it's sort of seven come 11. I hope I'm going to win that money, right? 
or when you rub that, you know, magic, that rabbit's foot, you're wishing for it, right? But there's no real expectation that something really spiritual is going to happen and, and, and you're going to receive that. And that's unfortunately how most people pray. Most people, their mindset is, is well, let's just pray and, and hope God will do it, right? And there's nothing wrong with hope. But the, it's not the prayer of hope that saves the sick. It's the prayer of faith. And so we must have established in our heart a basis for faith. See, a lot of people think that, you know, the way we get healed is just by, uh, you know, praying a lot for it. You ever, you, ever uh, you know, we've got a prayer team here in our church, and we submit prayer requests to our prayer team. And, you know, I, don't, I hope this is not the belief, but, you know, sometimes the belief is that the more people we get to pray, that maybe we'll convince God to heal us, Right? You know, some, that's the mindset. Well, let's get everybody to pray. Uh, well, why are we getting everybody to pray? To convince God, to impress him with our numbers? Well, no, because a simple prayer of faith, we see it throughout Scripture, a simple prayer of faith by one person can turn something around. No, our prayer team, when we pray, we come together to agree that what God says in his word as, and his promise to you is true. And once we pray, our prayer team, hopefully they've been trained to do this, our prayer team doesn't go back and ask for that again. They're thanking God from that point forward. We're in agreement. Thank God that so-and-so is healed. Or thank God that so-and-so has a job. Or thank God that so-and-so has this. We believe in our heart that we received the minute we prayed. And so a lot of people think that it's by continually praying that you'll get answers. And actually, you know, they'll even use misquoted verses of Scripture and mistaught verses of Scripture to teach that. We see that in Luke chapter 18. How many of you ever heard the story of the, you know, the, the, uh, um, the widow woman that was, you know, just persistent with that judge. Well, I want, I want to take a look at that because I want you to see that, it's, that we don't receive healing as some sort of lottery ticket with God. He, you know, I, I, my, my pastor used to always say this, and I thought it was one of the greatest things he's ever said, really, and it was this. You don't have to talk God into something that he's already said you can have. See, a lot of people think that praying for healing is trying to convince God to do something. He already, if he already said you could have it, you ain't going to talk him into it. It's, it's, it's just simply believing him and receiving it. Yet Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 is often quoted like, you know, you've got to convince God. You've got to storm the gates of heaven. You've got to just pray over and over again if you want to receive blessings. But Luke chapter 18, verse 1, I just want to read it to you. And I may not even get to the rest of my message. I may just have to just deal with faith tonight. Is that okay? Luke chapter 18, verse 1 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them how they should always pray and not give up. So are we supposed to always pray? Are we supposed to not give up? Amen, we are. And this parable is going to teach us that, but it's going to teach us that in a way that many times many people don't teach it. They, they misunderstand it. It says, and he said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. Who refused? The judge, right? Amen. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. <laughs> That's a persistent lady, right? Verse 6 says, And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will, he will see that they get justice quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith 
on the earth. Now, you know, when we read that at face value, it really does seem like he's saying, just keep praying over and over again. Keep asking, keep asking, keep asking until God just gives up and says, man, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to go ahead and give you what you asked for. Isn't that what it seems like? That's what it seems like. But how many of you know that's directly contrary to what Jesus taught us about praying? Over in Matthew chapter chapter 6 and verse 7, Jesus said this. He says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So didn't Jesus tell us not to do that? But here in the parable of this little widow lady, it seems like he's telling us to do that. The key to understanding that is understanding in that parable who the judge is, right? So let's go back and look at it. Who is the judge? Luke chapter chapter 18 and verse 2 says, And he said, In a certain town there was a judge, notice this, who neither feared God nor cared about people. Well, if that's a parable, is is that an analogy of who God is according to Scripture? Does he not fear God? I mean, he's God himself, right? Does he not care about people? For God so loved the world. That that unjust judge is not God in this parable. And so he's not talking about constantly coming to God and begging him for what we ask for. He's talking about constantly telling the unjust judge what is just and what is rightfully yours, right? Right? Well, who is the unjust judge? Well, we know who that is. It's the enemy of God. He's a thief. He steals, kills, and destroys, right? That's what the Bible says. The Bible says in in, in many places, as we've already seen throughout this series, that he's the one that oppresses with sickness. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, right? So so you've got an unjust judge out there who doesn't care about people. Matter of fact, he hates people. Why? Because God loves them. And, and so well, this, this parable is talking about when we are coming in prayer, the type, there, there, there are many, how many realize there are many different types of prayer? See, a lot of people take prayer and just pour it in a bag and pour it out, and it's just prayer, right? But there are lots of different kinds of prayer. We, re, we just heard about the prayer of faith. There's also prayer of worship. There's a prayer of thanksgiving. There's a prayer of declaration and decreeing. See, what, what is prayer? Prayer is a spiritual utterance, Right? And so, and, so, uh, and so when we're pray- when he talks about coming to this unjust judge, and he says, I taught you this, to how we should, men should always what? Constantly pray and not give up, right? Well, why should we not give up? Because your adversary, as a roaring lion, the scripture says, goes about seeking whom he may devour. He'll, he'll try to stand, you know, just because God says something is true doesn't mean the devil's just going to say, well, have it. He's going to dig his heels in and try to convince you not to have it. He's going to try to get you to give up what you know to be true. And so what we find here is, is that if we submit it, but if we'll dig our heels in and not re- and, and resist the devil and stand against him and decree and declare and constantly tell him, no, I believe I received my promise. Take your hands off my healing or my blessing or my breakthrough, right? If you'll do that, he'll relent. James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will flee from you if you will not give up. He will flee from you. The only way you lose as a believer is if you quit. It's the only way you lose. If you stand your ground, you will not lose. And notice what it says here. It says, if you resist him, he will flee. And we see that in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. He'll stop what he's doing. It says, and yet because the widow keeps bothering me. Notice this is what the unjust judge said. Verse 5 of Luke chapter 18. 
Yet because the widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Well, that don't sound like God, does it? He ain't worried about anybody attacking him. He laughs and scoffs at those who say they'll rise, raise their hand against him, right? But the devil, he realizes, as we learned last week, you've been given spiritual authority, and he don't want you coming and using that authority and releasing all the resources of heaven to whip him, to run him off. So he says, I'm just going to you know, live to fight another day, right? That's what he did with Jesus, right? It says he departed for a season. So, and so what happens here, he says, I'm going to do this. And then it says, the Lord said, listen to what the unjust says. So he says, listen to what the unjust judge says. This is not what God says, right? This is what the judge says. And, and he says, and, and will not God bring about justice for those chosen ones? Now, here's the phrase that usually gets people, who cry out to him day and night. Well, who was the widow crying out to day and night? Was she crying out to God day and night? Or was she crying out to the unjust judge day and night? See, what he's saying there, the object of the hymn is not God in that verse. The object of the hymn is still the unjust judge. He says, God will bring about justice if you'll dig your heels in and just say to the enemy, get your hands off my stuff. You can't have it in Jesus' name. I believe I'm healed. I believe I receive my healing in Jesus' name. And it says, it goes on to say, and I tell you, he will see that they get justice quickly. So if the devil digs his heels in and says, no, I ain't letting go, God will back you up when you do that. And he goes on to say, however... Now notice, however, at the end of this, he throws this in here. It almost seems like it's like a totally different subject, but it's not a different subject. He says, however, when the Son of Man comes, when, 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 is he talking about when Jesus returns? No, what he's talking about is when the Son of Man shows up in your life to bring about deliverance and make sure the unjust judge is doing what he's supposed to do, he asks this question, will he find faith on earth? See, what he's saying is, is in that situation where you're faced with your answer being delayed, it's not a matter of you praying over and over to God with, an expect you know, with some thought that maybe he hadn't heard me yet, maybe he didn't say yes, maybe it's not his will and I have to convince him. That's not faith. He says, no, it's more of a matter of you digging your heels in and saying, no, I believe I received. I asked for it. God said it's mine. It's, that settles it. It's mine. And devil, you're not backing me off that promise. I don't care how much I feel like I'm sick. I don't care how much the doctor says my body is sick. My body may be riddled with sickness. But the truth of God's word says, by his stripes, I am healed. So I'm standing on that promise. I'm digging my heels in. That kind of faith will cause God to back your prayer. And just as James, we read in James, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise you up. And so notice we find that it's important for us if we want to actually receive healing, it requires us to live and walk by faith, to believe we've received and then, and then and to accept it. And so Romans 10, 17 says, verse, seven, 10, verse 17 says, so then faith, how do we get this faith in, right? How do we get this confidence to receive healing? It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what this verse of Scripture says is, is that the faith to have the confidence to pray. You know, uh, I heard F.F. Bosworth wrote a really good book called Christ the Healer. And it's a book of chapter after chapter after chapter on reasons why it's God's will for you to be healed. And one of the things he says in that book, which is, is really just this verse, this verse of Scripture expounded, he says, faith begins where the will of God is known. 
See, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing the word. That says the same thing. When you see what God says in his word, that's a revelation to you of what God's will for your life is. And when you get a revelation of his will, that produces faith on the inside of you to receive something. But if you don't know the will of God in the matter, you know, people that always pray, well, Lord, if it be your will, if it be your will, if it be your will. Well, there is a prayer that we pray if it be your will. And that one is one when we're making decisions and we don't know what to do and we're laying our, that's called a prayer of commitment, right? We say, Lord, here's my life. I'm going to go down this path if it be your will, right? If that's what your will is for me, then I'm asking you to reveal that to me if it be your will. That's why Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was committing himself to the plan of God. He said, if it be thy will, then don't let this cup pass from me, right? Right? But, but, pray, but you can't pray the prayer of faith by saying, if it be your will. The prayer of faith says, Lord, I believe. And, and matter of fact, we see that in Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. Just, I, I skipped that, but just notice it. It says, therefore, I tell you, this is how Jesus told us how to pray. He said, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, notice what it says. Believe that you have received it. Is that past tense or present tense or, or future tense? It's past tense, right? He says, so whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. So what that, and it goes on to say, and it will, is that future tense? That's future tense, right? It will be yours. So what he says there is, if we're going to pray the prayer of faith based on a promise of God that says, okay, God says, by his stripes you're healed. If we're going to pray and receive that when we're dealing with sickness, then our mindset should be, Lord, I ask you for healing. I believe I receive it right now. Now, even though what? I haven't seen it physically yet. Because if I believe I receive it in my heart, even though I know my body's still dealing with the facts, guess what? I, according to Jesus, I will have it, right? And so if you dig your heels in, the prayer of faith says it's mine now. I don't have to ask a hundred times over. I just simply have to believe God. And that kind of faith comes from hearing God's will in the matter. So I said all of that to tee this up. This series... We're teaching on the will of God. What does God have to say about healing? Why? Because if we can understand what he says about healing and we understand that it's his will for us to do that, then faith will rise in our hearts so that when sickness tries to attach itself to us, we don't wonder whether it's our cross to bear or just as the way God's going to eventually take me out of here, right, because he wants to take me home. A lot of people believe that too, right? But no, we can say, no, I don't have to go out of here sick. I can go out of here on my own terms and on God's terms, Right? Man, I could go down. It's a whole other, whole other message. I mean, you realize, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, everybody's got their time. It must have just been their time. According to Scripture, you can add days to your life and you can subtract days for your life. So your name's not written down for a specific time to go. And you can extend your life by believing God through faith for the God's promises to accomplish his purpose and his will in the earth. So anyway, so we're, we're, ta- we're teaching about the promises of God so that we can have faith in our hearts. So we talked about two of those things. I won't go back and review those other than just to real quickly hit them. And, and number one, we said we know it's the will of God for us to be healed because God created us to be in his image and in his likeness. In Genesis, says he made us to be in his image and his likeness. And then it also tells us that once he saved us, he created us to be transformed into his image. So he created us to be in his likeness, man fell. But he also saved us to be restored to his likeness. And his likeness, we pointed out, and we looked at scripture after scripture on this. His likeness is not one full of sickness or weakness or disease. God's not sick. Holy Spirit's not sick. Jesus is not sick. 
And we're created to be in his likeness. So we know that it must be the will of God for us to also live free from sickness. And then we also pointed out we know it's the will of God for us to be healed because Jesus gave us authority over sickness. And in Mark it says those that believe will lay hands. Jesus said these words, those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He gave us the authority to lay hands and see people recover from sickness. Well, if he wanted us to lay hands on people to be healed, then it must be his will for them not to be sick. Amen? Amen. So, today, what time time we got? Is it 7.33? Is that right? Okay, I still got time. So tonight, what I want to deal with in the last 20 minutes or so is simply this. This simple truth. We know it's the will of God for us to be healed because healing isn't relegated for just when we get to heaven. It ain't just for the sweet by and by. You know the old country song, in the sweet by and by, right? Well, that's going to be a beautiful day when we get to heaven, amen, according to Scripture. But the reality is, is that a lot of things that God says we can enjoy in heaven we can also experience here in this life. And we're going to find out that healing is one of those. But to do that, first let's establish this, first of all. And I think we could all agree to this up front. But how many of you know faith comes from hearing the word, not just from hearing somebody talk? So let's just establish this first. There is no sickness, first of all, in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. Revelation chapter 22, verses 2 through 4 says, And I, I, John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and they shall be their God. So this is the moment where heaven comes to earth. Goes on to say, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. So we see a picture of heaven comes to earth, and this is what heaven looks like. There's no sorrow, there's no crying, and it goes on to say there is no pain. That word pain is a word that means distress, anguish, or suffering. Well, I think we can all agree that when we're sick, we would fall into that category, maybe distressed, maybe anguish, maybe suffering, right? So if that's not in heaven, then we can know sickness is not in heaven. Can we all agree that Scripture shows us that? We also see it again in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there, there was a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, that yielded her fruit every month. And notice this, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. One translation says they were medicine to heal the nations. So in heaven, y- y'all ready for this? Because what we're going to see here is a picture of things that probably would blow your mind if you saw them in the natural here, Right? In heaven, there is a tree that has leaves, and those leaves produce healing or medicine for the nations. So that tells me this, that there's no sickness in heaven. You can see that just from this one verse alone. It is the will of, well, if there's no sickness in heaven, then who is the healing going to be given to? People that are on earth that don't have it yet, right? And so we can see just from this alone that, 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 that there's healing available in heaven for f- folks that are not a part of heaven. There's healing that's available, on, uh, and there's no sickness in heaven. And so, and so heaven is a place of extreme beauty. It's a place where there's no sickness, and there's a place where there's no disease. I mean, you know the Bible, or many people call that, that hope of heaven our blessed hope, right? 
you know, you can just talk about that because sometimes we get, we, you know, we get beat down in this life. We think, man, I just wish Jesus would come back, right? It's a hope for us that we can fall back on and say, man, one day, even if I don't can make the connection of faith on this side of heaven, I'm going to be free. Amen? Amen. But 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 tells us this, that when we do, as, as human beings in this life, when we do step into heaven, there's going to be a change in us. There's actually going to be a change in us. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, when who shall appear? When Jesus shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So what I want to do here is I want to show you that when we get to heaven, there is going to be a change in our physical bodies. Not only a change in us spiritually, not only are we going to be you know, fully you know, uh, holy and sanctified, but there's also going to be a change and we're going to be made like Jesus. And so, and so what that verse says is when we see him, there's going to be a change in us. And not only will it change us spiritually, but it will also change our physical bodies. And so th what that includes is, 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 is not only, like I said, holiness and righteousness and purity, but it also includes the full redemption of our body. How many of you realize that nobody, everybody's got an expiration date on them? How many of you realize that? We're all going to die one day, or, unless Jesus returns, Right? And because of that expiration date, that tells me this, that even though healing is ours, that our bodies aren't completely redeemed. Our bodies actually are, are not the fullness of what, what God wants them to be when we get to heaven. And, it's, and so there are qualities of our body on earth that are different than our qualities of our body in heaven. And what I want to show you tonight is, is that these qualities are amazing things that God says are ours, and some of those are things that we can enjoy in this life as well. So first of all, what are some of those qualities of our transformed body? Well, the Bible says when we see him, we'll be like him, right? So if we look at the resurrected body of Jesus, how many of you believe that'll be a picture of what our bodies will be like when we get to heaven as well? As a matter of fact, how many of you, you may not realize this, but Jesus is the only uh, being on the planet uh, in, in creation right now that has one of these resurrected bodies. He's the only one. He actually has a physical body, but it is not a human flesh and blood body. And we see this very clearly. Uh, Luke chapter 24 and verse 36 says, And as they thus spoke, this is right after Jesus rose from the dead. He had already been crucified. And he rose from the dead. And it says, As they, they, the disciples, thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, why are you so troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Now notice what he says here. Behold my hands and my feet, that it, that it is I myself. Handle me and see for a spirit. Notice this. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. So what is he saying? He it was saying after Jesus rose from the dead, he wasn't just a spirit. He had a physical form to him. And that physical form was made of flesh and bone. Notice he used the phrase flesh and bone. Everybody say flesh and bone. And now say flesh and blood. Notice he didn't say flesh and blood. He said flesh and bone. One of the differences that we'll find in our physical bodies when we receive our resurrection body when we get to heaven is it'll be like Jesus. It will not be a flesh and blood body. It'll be a flesh and bone body. 
It'll be much like Jesus' body. See, natural fleshly bodies are sustained by the blood that is in it. Anybody in medical science knows that, right? What does the blood do? It, not, it's not just the blood. Blood transports oxygen and nutrients, and without the healthy blood, a person dies, right? If a person cuts himself and bleeds out, it's over, right? Why? Because the life of human flesh is in the blood, but Jesus didn't say he was flesh and blood. He said he was flesh and bone. He was a different body. His body was sustained by the glory and nature and power of God. And one of the things we'll see that when we get to heaven is that our bodies will be sustained by that very same thing. We won't be flesh and blood bodies. We'll be flesh and bone bodies. We'll have physical form to us. And we'll see this in just a moment. We'll have physical form to us, but our bodies will be different. God's nature will sustain our bodies. Not only that, but there'll be other characteristics of our body that are just pretty cool to know about. You, you want to know, is it okay to share with you what some of those are? Uh, we can look at some characteristics of Jesus's body and we can see, you know, what ours will be like. Now, the reason I want to share this with you, I'm going to give you the punchline up front. The reason I want to share this with you is because I want you to see there are going to be some things about our physical bodies that will be different in heaven. But just because our physical bodies will be different in heaven does not eliminate the fact that our physical bodies here on earth are still promised healing. Because how many of you realize, if, if you don't yet, I'll show it to you, when you get to heaven, you're not, you're, your body's not going to be sick, right? But just because your body's not going to be sick in heaven doesn't mean that that's the only place God's relegated it for. One of the reasons we know that not to be true is because sickness is not just for our body when it gets to heaven. So what are some of these characteristics that we will see in heaven? Number one, here's one. Luke chapter 24 and verse 30. It says, And it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. This is after he rose from the dead. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And notice this. He vanished from their sight. Jesus, in physical form, was able, you ready for this, to teleport. One of the qualities of our spiritual bodies is that they will not be limited by space or time. Because the Bible says when we see him, we'll be like him. So we'll have a body that can do the same thing his can do, right? So how many of you realize you want to go to Hawaii, you ain't got to take a six-hour flight, you just be there. Now, so I'm sharing some of this because it's just interesting to see, but I, I, I'm getting to a point. What's another thing about our resurrected bodies that'll be different in heaven than it is now, than the body we live in now? Our resurrected bodies do not operate under the laws of matter or, or, or physics. John chapter 20 and verse 19 says, In the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear that the Jewish leader of the Jewish leaders... Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Doors locked, but Jesus just migrated right through the walls. Not limited by physics or matter. When you get to heaven and you receive your glorified body, you will not be restricted by physics or matter. Yeah, exactly. You can teleport, but you can also walk through walls. Because Jesus did. Not only that, but here's the other thing about it. Even though your body is not limited by space, physics, or matter, they still can operate by the laws of physics and matter. 
And we see this in Luke chapter 24 and verse 40. It says, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe, uh, believe, and while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? And so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. So he walked through the wall, but he ate honeycomb, and the fish didn't fall out. Right? Not only that, but he also went to Peter and he said, I mean, to Thomas, and he said, Thomas, he appeared to Thomas, right? Walked through the wall, appeared to Thomas. He said, Here's my hands and feet. Feel me, touch me. Right? And, and it wasn't like the movie Ghost, you know, where Patrick Swayze tries to kiss Demi Moore and he's sort of faking it because she's just a spirit. He really ain't doing it, right? No, actually, Thomas reached out and touched him and felt physical matter. So, I'm sharing all that to say this, that our bodies have the, uh, will have these, these crazy qualities when we get to heaven, right? Here's another one. Our bodies can defy the laws of gravity. You'll be able to fly. You'll be Iron Man. Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, Now he had, when he had spoken these things, while he watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. He was taken up. He flew. Jesus lifted up from, so we're going to have those same abilities. And the Bible tells us that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you say, well, I don't know about me. Here's what the scripture says. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50. Now, I tell you this, my brothers and sisters, flesh and blood are not able to inherit the kingdom of God. There's that phrase, flesh and blood, not flesh and bone, right? Flesh and blood aren't. Aren't able to inherit the kingdom of uh, the God's kingdom realm. And neither will that which is decaying be able to inherit what is incorruptible. Listen, I will tell you a mystery. You know, when we talk about the ability to walk, that's mysterious, right? It's like, how in the world, right? He says, I'll tell you a mystery. Not all of us die, but all of us will be transformed. It will happen in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye. For when the last trumpet is sounded, the dead will come back to life. We will be indestructible, and we will be transformed. For we will discard our mortal clothes or our bodies and slip into a body that is imperishable. What is mortal now will be exchanged for immortality. So when when we see Jesus, we will change from a mortal fleshly body, right? And when he returns, how many realize when you die now, you go stand before him, you're a spirit. You don't have a body yet. But when he returns, the dead in Christ will rise. You'll get your body back, but that body won't be a natural fleshly body. It'll be a flesh and bone body, and it'll be able to fly, walk through walls, eat fish, and the fish not fall out. Right? And there will be no sickness in that body. But the question that I want you to consider is this, and this is why I shared all those things, because that's marvelous, wonderful things. And the reason I shared it is because many people point to those marvelous, wonderful things as one day in the sweet by and by, that's the only time we'll get to enjoy some of the benefits of a body that is uh, redeemed and set free. Although you won't be able to, uh, although you can't just go jump off the roof and fly, although you can't just walk through a wall tonight, right? There are promises that God says that certain aspects of that physical body that you'll have in heaven, you can enjoy here on this earth. And one of those is healing. Matthew chapter 6, we see this. It says, Be ye not therefore like unto them, like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray. So this is how Jesus tells us to pray, right? Our Father, which art in heaven, 
Hallowed be your name, or hallowed be your name. Notice this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, ready for this, as it is in heaven. He told us to pray that what is going on in heaven would be done here on earth. Well, we've already pointed out, no sickness in heaven, right? No pain, no sorrow in heaven then we can know it's the will of God for us to be healed even though our bodies will be changed and there will be differences we're going to deal with when we get to heaven. We can know that we can have healing on this side of heaven because there's no sickness in heaven. Well, some people would say, well, if that's the case, then can I just pray to go ahead and fly? Can I just pray to go ahead and walk through walls? Well, I would tell you this. First of all, the reason I know healing is something we can definitely pray for is because the Scripture tells us that it is. You won't find anywhere in Scripture where it says, Christ has redeemed you so you can walk through walls. You won't find that. And you won't find in Scripture anywhere Christ has redeemed you so you can teleport. All right? But you will find by His stripes you were healed. There are certain aspects of what our physical bodies will be like in heaven we're going to have on this side of heaven. And what He said to do was when you pray, believe God for those things. We know it's the will of God for us to be healed because there's no sickness in heaven. He told us to pray for heaven to come to earth in our lives today. Amen? You know, some people would say, well, does that mean we, we can't have any of those things? Well, think about it for a moment. If you read through Scripture, how many rows there are people that have teleported in Scripture? <laughs> there are. The story, you know, the story of um, uh, 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 Philip the Evangelist. He connected himself with the Ethiopian eunuch, and he prayed for him, and, and the guy got baptized. He li put him in water and lifted him up, and the Bible says he was here, and then immediately he was in another city. So there, that does take place, but there's no promise for that to take place. That's more of as the will of God sees it and the will of God needs it. But, the, but, but we specifically know healing is the will of God for us because he said by his stripes, you are healed. Think about it for a minute. Why would Jesus... Tell us to pray, your will on he in heaven be done on earth, if he didn't intend for us to have it. I mean, was it some sort of just twisted little, you know, psych gotcha joke he did? You know, as a kid, I used to do that. Right? You know, you ever, ever, ever you know, shake hands, oops, psych, you know, you missed. I mean, is that what God was doing? You know, pray for heaven's will to be done, you know, here on earth. But no, 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 my real answer is no. You've got to wait until you get to heaven for that. No, he told us to pray for it because it's possible to receive some of the benefits of heaven on this side of heaven. And one of those is healing. Amen? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, we'll close with this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. We know it's the will of God for us to be healed on this side of heaven because he told us to pray for the healing of heaven to be manifest in our lives today before we get there. Amen? Amen. Bow your heads with me. Father, thank you so much. I did my best to get through this as quick as I could tonight. I pray it was a blessing. I pray it opened people's eyes, first of all, just to the wonderful blessing and hope that we have one day of all the miraculous and wonderful things that heaven will be like. But I also pray, Father God, that we wouldn't relegate some of those blessings to only being those that we can participate in on this side of heaven, uh, in heaven and instead of on this side of heaven. I thank you, Father, that healing is the will of God for us today because there is no sickness in heaven and you told us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
we can have 100% assurance it's never your will for us to remain sick. It's never your purpose for us to bear or carry a sickness. It is always your will for us to be vibrant, healthy, whole individuals, fulfilling your will and purpose in the earth to bless others and be a blessing to others. So I thank you for truth rising in our heart today and faith rising in our heart today because we know heaven's blessing of healing is available to us today because of what Jesus did for us. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, listen, I appreciate you bearing with me tonight and, uh, and, uh, and listening closely, and I pray it was a blessing to you just to hear another truth of how healing is for us today. Amen? Amen. There are offering buckets up here if you want to give tonight, or you can wait till Sunday. Um, we don't count it till Sunday anyway, so you can do that either way you want. But um, let me pray a prayer blessing over you and uh, just believe God for good things for you. Amen. Father, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you so much that you did make a way for us to be free from sickness. We talked about a lot of just fun things tonight. But I also thank you that in those fun things, we can see a picture of some of the things that you promised us on this side of heaven. And one of those is a body that is healed sound and whole. So I pray if there be anybody here tonight that is dealing with sickness, struggling with disease, something's just trying to hang on in their life, that as they dig their heels in and tell the devil, no, I will not relent. I will not give up. I will not let go of God's promise that you back that stand of faith and that prayer of faith brings healing to them. Even now, in Jesus' name. Thank you for your blessing. Rest upon each person here and as they go their way. Your angels are camped about them, keeping them safe and protected. And whatever they put their hand to prospers and the sickness is kept from the midst of them and you bring them back safely to worship with us again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you tonight. Have a good night. Thanks for making it out. I got you out before 8 o'clock. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this message. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, we would love for you to get connected. Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.